Welcome to Great Comedic Minds by Kara Robertson, a podcast where we meet some of the greatest comedic creators of our time and find out their real stories. From your favorite TV shows, movies, and live stand-up, we interview the storytellers and joke writers who have entertained us for years to find out exactly how and why they do it. And now, here's your host, Kara Robertson. Here with Jacques Barrett, a Queensland-based stand-up comedian who has won the Wollongong Comedy Competition, Rottnest Island Comedy Competition, the Footy Show's Funniest Fan, and many awards at various fringe festivals around Australia. He's performed all over Europe, Southeast Asia and Canada, as well as many other places. Thank you so much for coming today. So good to be here. Appreciate it. So uh, where did you grow up? Uh, I'm originally from country, Queensland, rural, uh, regional, Queensland. Um, And then I moved to various places. Mum and dad were real estate agents when I was growing up. They had many different postings. It's like a military family. Um, and then when I turned 19, I finished uni and I threw my arts degree in a bit. And I went and lived in a ski resort in Canada for two and a half years. And then I came back and mum and dad moved to Sydney. That's why I moved to Sydney to live with them because I needed a couch and somewhere to stay because I was in a remarkable debt. And then um, when I was 23, I did stand up comedy for the first time, open my course. I would call myself a comedian for at least you know, three or four years. Um, actually, probably longer than that. Maybe five or six years after my first ever spot, I guess I could call myself a comedian because that's when I started to get paid work. Um, but yeah, I started doing comedy when I was 23, and everything changed. What made you decide to start to be comedy? Um, I didn't decide, I didn't really start doing comedy, I was just fucking because you know what it's like. You just have fun. I wanted to meet girls. I was young. I didn't have any selling unique selling point. I didn't have uh, much money. So, uh, particularly attractive and tall. And so I thought, well, comedy is the fastest way to get to the top. And since that's not really how it works, um, you want you have to be funny, but also you, know, you have to sense of humor is an objective thing and subjective. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I was ticking all the boxes for girls in Sydney for a long time. But over time, I eventually started to get really good at comedy. With that came confidence. Uh, and that's kind of where everything sort of fell in place. Comedy saved from a Monday night. Um, was there a point when you were doing an open mic night where you realized that it's something you were going to do? Um, yeah, it was like four or five years in when I started to get paid. Okay, well. Yeah, I got a week, uh, paid week at the comedy store in Sydney, MC. That's how I started to get lots of gigs and lots of money, or not lots of money, back up with SAT. Um, but I got lots of um, paid work from MC. So I was a good MC, I still am. I don't really particularly like MC because it's actually work. You've got to get up, you've got to get back down again, you've got to keep the ground involved, whatever. But I had been hosting trivia as well as I stand up. And I found trivia was a really good skill set to be on time of this ability to cajole and kind of herd cats. Just trivia is a fucking some place to start. Um, but yeah I started to get paid MC work. And with MC work you get a lot of stage time. Like headliners traditionally had a comedy 
So we, uh, as a headline, you get 40 minutes. Um, with an MC, you end up getting about 20 to 25 minutes on stage each night as well, which is valuable stage time. So when I got paid, paid a week at the comedy store, I went really well. Um, everything, every night, no, no, there were no real standout shit nights where I had to drop the ball. And that's when I went, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all in on this comedy show. And then for three months after that, I had a bunch of really shit gigs in around because I took comedy too serious. I was like, I want this. It's the, worst, the biggest mistake I think anyone can make is trying too hard to be funny because this crowd, like you, not, you're not joyful on stage. You're putting too much pressure on yourself. You have a joke you have written and you do it on stage and it doesn't go well the first time. You can see you're obviously destroyed because you have, you know, all of your identity is based around this brand new pursuit. It's fucking dangerous for your self-esteem for like a lot of comedians trying so hard early on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, people who like very early on haven't really even gone to a good five minutes set and already have business cards. And you're like, you've got to, you've got to, everything needs to happen as naturally as possible, including you getting paid work or stage time. You'll just get booked if you're. And I think people, when they start doing comedy, don't realize how important it is for you for them to be having fun on stage because the crowd can sense that you're not having fun, that you're forcing it to work. You've got to be having fun. And that's after that little period where I decided to take it seriously. And I got that out of my system. I said, fuck it. I'm just sort of kind of it. And then from then on, just being steady each year. An unexplainable one if I had to get a job. Opposed to actually work up for a job. And if you want to well, fucking stay together, world. If I went for a job interview, there is a 19 year gap on that resume. Yeah, but I mean, what does that mean? What job am I going for that's going to help? Is the job to be a comedian? Because outside of that, it's got no tangible. Anyway, um, let's talk about you said that you bombed. So, when you bomb and you go through the emotions there, how do you get yourself back up on the stage? Well, because it's an addiction, posing as a career choice, um, you're compelled to get back up there uh, and write the wrongs. Whatever I have, I always say it, other comedians say it, it's the truth. You learn the most from your bad kids, they fucking hurt. Picking yourself or piecing yourself back together is going through the set and really analyzing why it went well. Because you'll actually see when you record the set, audio or video, you'll play it back and you'll see exactly what stuff didn't pop at all. And if you've got no jokes, no laughs at all, something's gone wrong. Like if this material has worked before, something's happened maybe outside of your control, maybe at the start, but the crowd just hasn't. That's usually why your jokes think, oh, the situation that it could be shit, sound could be shit, 
could be all things. Try not to blame the circumstances quickly. If you arrive at the deduction that you've looked at everything, you've looked at your material, your persona, your delivery, was the microphone on? Once you go through everything, then you can just go, all right, these people are cunts. That's not on me. But I only give myself three gigs per year where I blame the audience because you don't learn anything to blame the audience. But some three times a year, you just need it for yourself. I treat myself. Currently, uh, two gigs into my quota of three, and it's March. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's been a rough trip. Yeah, it's a rough time. It is a rough time in the world, though. So we could start blaming the yeah, I'm thinking that's a good one. Maybe I think we should have a fourth just for a special yeah, just, occasion. Fourth reason. Okay, it's it's a leap year. You know, I'll blame Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. Which is happening right now. And I love that. It's very important in podcast thing I'll say yeah, the time that, that you place topical references in them. Yeah. So in three years' time, people can go, I remember that. Fuck this podcast sold. Yeah, and um, just to be clear, when you said I love that, you meant you were putting the references in the podcast. You don't mean that you loved the war. Is that what I said? Did it come across Russia, we're going to edit this. Russia invaded Ukraine, I love that. I, I, yeah. I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> chop one sentence. Usually you have to chop a sentence up and, and piece it together. That one was just seamless. Um, but I do, you know, obviously, the president uh, of Ukraine, uh, Vladimir, Vladimir, Vladimir Zelensky. He's used, he used to be a comedian, not a comic, a comedian, a, a, a comedic actor. And that's the last thing any of us comedians needed was parents to see how successful he is and going, hey, do you, have you thought about getting into politics? Not even the politics, just what's your plan B? Yeah. <laughs> None. I think president. My plan Maybe. B is your spare room. Yeah. Um, so we just come with it. Let's talk about writing jokes. So what's your process? Do you, do you get it from life or do you just make it up? Um, so um, I uh, usually in conversational thought will have a little kernel of an idea, a premise, something that catches my eye. It's just usually a stupid thing that people do myself or others, something that behavior we take part in or, or a social injustice or hypocrisy. I just usually find a flaw in the way humans live. A little nugget where I spot it. We're fuckheads for doing that. I write it down and then I develop it and I try and create sometimes with a little story or a bit, creates an interaction I have with someone. Um, not a lot of the time uh, is the interaction that the comedian says they have on stage and they deliver a story about something. Not often is it a thing that actually truly happened. Word for word, often there's a little bit of showbiz sizzle comes in. You rewrite the script, you make it funny. Sometimes these things happen, they don't even fucking happen at all. And the comedian builds up from scratch, but that doesn't mean that the situation is something that people can relate to or have experienced themselves. So you're still living in a realm of reality, but you know, unlike a boy, you don't have to prove that any of this happens. It's fucking hell. But um, I will find on the spot some stupid thing that humans do and I will either develop a story around it or I'll uh, try and do a, a bit which is you guys ever noticed just an observational type deal depends on uh, what, what I just 
what, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Whether it's elaborating on the story that happened, creating the story, doing an observation, seconds to two minutes. The process usually starts for me by having the initial idea, and then I'll write essentially unrelated, but still on topic, non-flowing, non-secular flowing tweets. Um, or tweet-like things, which are short one-liners, short jabs that are based around what this premise, like, I, it's like a mind map where I write little lines, I think that's funny, this is funny, that's stupid, isn't that silly? And just kind of build a whole attack on how you dismantle this little premise, or it's like, kind of almost like diffusing a bomb, like which wires am I gonna cut, which order, which lines are gonna work in which order? And then once I have what I would say roughly a good blueprint of a dissection of this little kernel, this little joke, this little idea, I will get up on the stage somewhere and I'll, with a slight amount of rehearsal, more or less fumble through. I don't like to rehearse things too much um, because then they seem like you're reciting them. They seem too rehearsed, too organic. Um, so I like to have an idea of these things and then just get to and talk through it, just literally tell the audience about them. And then I find which bits are getting the laugh, which bits didn't, and then whichever bit is getting the biggest laugh, whichever little nugget or little lines get the biggest laugh, I will manipulate everything into that being the end line. So I have the initial thing about a joke, the initial uh, premise where I set up a premise, the idea of like, you guys ever noticed the blah, 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 then I do one line and hopefully it gets people laughing. Yeah. And then the next one I get is um, something that kind of broadens it. Making sure I, I, I explain everything about this bit, so you never assume that everyone knows exactly what you're talking about. You have to like trip feed, you have to spoon feed these people sometimes because they might not have the same experiences. But explain the topic as best you can, um, as quickly as possible, without going into too much detail. detail. And then yeah, go through it. And then with three or four attempts, trial and error, work out which lines are getting the most lines and then order them that way. So sometimes I think a joke for me is like, it's a three minute bit for sure. Then I'll do it, and actually, actually works out to be yeah, it's three minutes long. But the best joke is at the minute, the best punchline, and that's when I go, okay, well, that's where the bit ends until I can come up with something better. Um, and then, so I always like to end the joke on the strongest punchline, and then if I don't have anything more uh, than that that's funnier, just leave it and bench it until something better comes. Still do that one minute bit, but wait until the comedy gods strike you with another angle or another thing when you develop like that. A lot of it is though, definitely comedy. I find it's a trial now. There's things that I find funny, and I know they're funny, but they're only funny to me. It's whether you can explain them to the audience and make them see this idea exactly how you see it. For me, comedy is not about like whether it's funny or not. It's just how well you communicate. And that's the art. That's what the where experience comes from. And the best comedians can explain something that's um, that, that seems like it's very unrelatable, but then they explain it in a way, describe it, 
point they're a type of comedian that's quirky and weird they can explain the situation people go along because they're like if you have stage you set up your persona strongly enough people will start to look at the world through your eyes and then once they're looking through your lenses things that you see will become easily relatable to them the skill is getting people to step into your body even if it's just 15 20 minutes and that's why five minutes it's really hard it's very hard to get people comfortable in someone else's skin if you've just got a five minute set um but that isn't my central process and then when i'm writing a story some bits of story like story based um the story will be I know I, I just more or less I write a, I write a script. I imagine it being either a sketch or a short film. And I imagine writing a story like that and I visualize it as if it was filmed. Um, and then once I have that kind of vision in my head, if I can, if I can write it as a script, that's when I do it on stage. If uh, you met someone who has never done any comedy work ever, they want to be paid comedian who's whistling in a library uh if Done. you fuck is whispering in a whistling in a... anyway um if you met someone they said i want to be a comedian they've never done anything what would be your number one bit of advice that you give don't think of it as a career choice until you're getting paid for it because you're good at it um, don't try, don't start a Facebook page that says blah 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 comedian and your three gigs in open mic gigs in. Don't say to your friends and family that you're a comedian now because you dabble in a couple of five minute sets in shit hot shit hot suburban pubs from time to time. Don't put any pressure on yourself, unnecessary pressure on yourself. Make sure you're having fun um, and. Get up and share what you find funny. Like, I don't think I've been in a louder place ever. This could have been recorded in the cafe, and yet we're just in a room in the library with an app with no ceiling. There's no roof. To the zoo. Just go into the middle of the primate cage. Actually, we're in one There's a baby crying there. I don't know if you've turned up the background noise, but there's someone's bones on. There's other people in this There's a baby being changed by the periodicals. Um, someone who just started doing this thing, yeah, I would. Um, I'd also say um, write as much as you can, like physically write with a pen or a pencil, and write, just write, just throw your fucking mind out there. I do um, student consciousness writing sometimes, I write as well, I just know the ideas are on board, I'll get a piece of paper, and it's part of what the, what the artist's way of the writer is Julia Clark, maybe. We're in the library, I can look it up, but I'm not going to. Um, she writes three full scat pages every morning, just until your hands cramp. Just shit, crazy shit. Doesn't matter, doesn't have to make sense. Thoughts, thoughts, all of it just blasts uh, yeah, and then and then you'll go back, then write it, and then put it into the drawer, and then come back to it a week later, pre-read it. You'll be concerned about your memory, I'm sure. 
you'll be worried like, is this me am i i'm losing my mind like my whole damn borderline personality disorder and that's all part of the process maybe you do don't diagnose yourself um but you'll go through and you'll see little joke ideas little kernels of ideas that premises will pop out to you and then you go okay i'll focus on that because it's still the test of time a week later when you're still in a completely different frame of mind it still interests you and that's when you develop that you write a little bit more about that it's a good time like i did like i did maybe you know write different maybe ask the who what when how and why of a topic and you'll come up with new characters new you know, ways of dealing with it the purpose of why what motivates people you have a joke idea what's motivating the people that are involved in this joke in this premise in this what's motivating ask the why you work out ask what okay i know i know it's not my life it's the whistling. The whistles in the library. It's anywhere outside. It's, it's, it's whispering. Who's happy? Who's happy, yeah. who's happy ever? Enough to whisper. <laughs> it's a What are you fucking whistling? into the Valkyrie. Um, um, I hope the whistling's edited out and everything like and it's just hard to hear it. Who has their phone on? As well, like it's full volume. Yeah. Fucking thing. So this is this this itself would be um like as an angle, like thinking about a library, the libraries to talk now. Like this is this is what's wrong with this new generation. See, I'm just wondering whether we should wrap it up or I'm gonna push you to snap. No, all these weird actors have got around here to <laughs> continue to disrupt and, 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 and distract us from um, the topic at hand. Analyze your personality, work that you triggers. This is it. You know, I'm, I, I'm just, you know, when you have that tweet, it's not, it's not like, oh, I knew I was old when I got my first grade pew. I knew I was old when I came to a library and I'm shushing people while talking. I'm talking too, pretty loudly, but I'm shushing them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to talk loudly here. <laughs> yeah. Show you how to listen. Sorry. Might wrap it up. Um, There's got to be more to it. Why? It's been for half an hour. Yeah, yeah, I haven't really said it. I've been waffling. Um, one more question. Okay. Um, the game. Not a lot of the things I've said today have been fun, though. No, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other writers like actually all those Simpsons ones and like that, they're fun and I'm not gonna insult them on the camera. <laughs> so let's move on. Last question. What do you mean? You have to they have to tell me. I'll tell you when we turn turn the camera on. Were they really boring? I bet they were really fun. <laughs> no, you have to discuss it now. Tell me that I'm the most fun person you've had on this podcast. Number one. What if I'm not? I'm the one who's doing fun in the public sphere. I'm the one who's performing comedy. I'm the one who makes people laugh professionally live on stage. And if I'm the most boring person in the podcast, I'm done. I quit. Okay. Um, no, you're not the most boring.
Okay, say I'm the most boring. Who's the second most boring? No, you're not the most boring. I'm joking. Um, no elbow caught that space. That was completely unsheathed. Did you hear it? I have lost control of this interview. It has gone off the rails. You have to put some of this armor up just furiously. You have to put it in there. Sorry, final question. Final question. I just realized how much of this part I was so generously going to pay for. <laughs> That's why you're trying to hurry things up. It's like a counter. Petrol prices are going up. Yeah. Parking is $45 for two hours. It's I understand why you're trying to wrap this up. Like, well, just caught fire. Just up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Final question. Yeah. Um, well, you we do. Think, you don't think I would have any advice? What's, what's your plan for the year? What are you up to next? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? The world of China. Uh, I've got the uh, Melbourne uh, and Sydney comedy festival. Plug, yeah, plug it. Yeah. It's going to be out before that because Melbourne's uh, Melbourne starts in two weeks. Is that the start? Groups are start of April. But like the festivals on every year. So every year, and I'll be there every year. Yeah. Run them event. Yeah. Um, Melbourne That's coming up and Sydney comedy festival, yeah. and then oh, bro, cruise ships are coming. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw a billboard. Yeah, no, no, it's a good luck. I, yeah, there's no way to coax out another variant yeah. than broadcast <laughs> your launching on cruise No the sharks variant. Fucking no. way to find out what the next letter of the Greek alphabet is. Been saying, book your cruise now. Um, then, I don't know, after that, I was going to go to uh, Edinburgh in August, and I was like, why is it? Like, you don't make money in it where it's fun. It'd be fun to see all my friends, but I just don't want to risk going overseas, going to the festival overseas. I think 2023 is what I'm going to Edinburgh again, which is a great festival. Now, if you're, if any advice for that, like new upcoming comedians, is um, one when it comes to festivals, the, I'm sure you can book somewhere that will let you do an hour long show. But please don't be one of those eager comics who has five to ten minutes of reasonably good material that you're going to now spread out into an hour. Uh, be very careful. Do a split bill show. There's no shame in a two hand or a three hand. You and two other buddies get together and do 15 minutes each of your best shit. There's no shame in that. I know you want stage time. Festivals are great for stage time. Please, you're going to invite all of your friends and family who you've told or who know or see on Facebook that you've told yourself a comedian and you're going to do your show. And it's going to potentially, probability wise, going to be hit and miss. It's going to be pretty, not shit, but it might not be great. And they're going to go, ugh, you know, then you've got friends and family worried about you asking you, have you got a plan B? It's brutal. And so just, if you go to festivals, book a split bill show, you can have a show, but go to festivals and see as many shows as you can. Um, ask comics if you run low on, on cash. Ask them if you know, say, look, I'm open like any nights you've got room on the go, I'm, I'm running low on cash. I'd love to come in and see a show. Comments will be short, they'll get you I'll get you on the door, it's easy. There's lots of comics that do that. Um, and also, there's lots of little spots you can do. 
around town little showcase spots and local mic nights during festivals. If you need send me an email say if you're coming down, you might do the spot, let me know. But festivals are great. The key to it is guys and girls, whatever you identify. It's, it's uh, getting as much stage time as is humanly possible and relishing each opportunity you have on stage. Respect it. Write out as detailed and prepare as much as you can for each gig. Record each gig. Listen back to it as painful as it might be. It's fucking brutal. I hate it. It works. And then uh, keep on plugging away. And then the most important thing I say, Greg, I'll try to be confident, is make sure you're, uh, if you're consistent. Like if you're a consistent seven out of 10, you're going to get booked more than someone who's sometimes a nine, some most sometimes a five. Make sure you're consistent and then people will book you more and more at the stage time. And also do trivia. That's trivia. Uh, and also, um, don't, don't be too good about it. Don't be too good. No. Uh, just because, like, a lot of us have, like, this is our only career opportunity. Oh, yeah. Don't come shopping at their heels. Bite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, come, don't come bite. Don't come shaking the tree. Yeah. I'm not going to name names. Gina. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then apart from that, so we're currently clocked up to about $9, some total of the parking. Yeah. Um, you guys go on Patreon pack the parking. <laughs> if you actually go to Patreon, you pay for your Patreon. Patreon. Not yet. But when you, you do, will, we will get one you, I have an OnlyFans. Can I give a shout out? Yeah, this is my feet. I can't show you, but they're great. Yeah, yeah, um, pay for them. Yeah, fuck yeah. $45 for two hours. So <laughs> but if you pay for the Patreon, you can actually see the full unedited one, one way I talk about the Jews. Um, there's a full, like, 90 no, 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 this is the podcast. <laughs> Don't act like it didn't happen. We recorded the whole thing. It took like 90 minutes. And there's all kinds of shit. I ran my mouth. I didn't think we were recording. So yeah. if you pay extra money, you can hear all of that, all that wild shit I had to hide the things. I really lift the, the lid. I blow the lid on Hollywood. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, Sorry, that's my phone. I'm just going to go answer it. Fucking library. He didn't snap, but that was um, as much as I tried. But that was Jacques. Thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate your time and coming all the way into this. Thank you for joining us on a great episode of Great Comedic Minds. We'll be back next week, so be sure to tune in. Also, like, share, subscribe to the channel, and be sure to follow Carl Robertson on Instagram.